Hey, this is Fred Passaro, and you are listening to Metal Matters, the official Gimme Metal podcast, where we explore all things new, some things classic, but all things heavy. This week we had Nikki Palermo, mastermind behind Heavy Shoegaze favorite Nothing, who released the excellent The Great Dismal late last year to glowing reviews. Over the years, Nikki has been involved in the death of lovers, as well as several hardcore and hardcore adjacent projects, such as Horror Show and Exoskeletons. Nikki, you there? I'm here. What's good? What's happening? Michael Verdan. Michael Verdan, you there? Yeah. Oh. Hell yeah. Wow, look, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Well, it's good. Well, well uh, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on the Metal Matters podcast. Um, and just kind of checking in with you. Where you're in, you're in Manhattan right now? Yes, sir. I am. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. How have you, what have you been what have you been up to? I know you had the record come out like uh, a few months ago. Yeah, that live stream that was pretty wild. And, um, you know, what have you been up to in the meantime? It seems like you're always cranking out uh, new stuff, whether that's you throwing it on Bandcamp or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, after we finished that cycle, you know, I I took like a little bit of a break because, you know, I'm working all hands on things. You know how I am. So, uh, you know, it was from, from the beginning of the demos all the way through to, you know, the, the, the mixing and, and the, you know, the studio, actual studio and the, the mixing and then the, you know, planning the rollout and then running with the rollout. Um, and then the, you know, the live stream and, you know, just trying to maneuver through, through all this nonsense, uh, really took a lot out of me. Uh, so I, I tried to take a little bit break afterwards. Um, you know, when the, when the, when the dust settled, you are one of the, like the more kind of like prolific people that I know, but you're constantly working and like, what does a break for you even look like? Um, you know, I'm I'm basically catatonic. Tight. I, I I I like increase my medicine like uh back to like the actual dosage I'm supposed to take, which is like uh you know basically like bedridden almost. Uh the Failure. and uh you know I I I usually kind of tone down drinking and everything else and, and kind of just like, you know, intake lots of, lots of weed and, and lots of like, I, I, and I just, just hop back on, I hop off my medicine for like work because I'm not like a functional person on it. Uh, Understood. They, the, 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 the amount of shit that my doctor like wants me to take is like a sledgehammer. So like, I, I typically don't take it even though, you know, I'm supposed to, um, and I cycle yeah. kind of back on to what I'm supposed to take and, and, you know, 
so it's it's hard for me to like stop that <laughs> after a couple weeks. Uh, I, I really f- I, I find myself like a month after where it's like not answering emails, uh, like you know from being like highly up everyone's ass and annoying to to being like where'd this guy go uh is he okay um Mm. and and that's a mixture of just like exhaustion um whatever the mental illness is that's there that that has me on that and then also just like totally you know the depression that i get from dealing with like post record rollout you know like um the highs the lows like yeah, uh, you know, and I'm I'm typically not a person who likes to hear, see, or deal with people in general. But like that kind of that those rollouts and the way I'm active in them kind of you know catapults me directly into that like into that, uh, and, it, and it's exhausting for me. So so at the end of it, I find myself in these little slumps, and I'm currently like working my way out of them right now. So. Uh, it's a slow process, yeah. but I just, you know, I I I feel you on all that. Yeah, I know Nikki is like these extremes because there's been times when I'm like, you know, we were we would make a plan to like go go have a bite or something, and I'll be like, oh, what'd you end up doing last night? You'd be like, oh, I was on Grand Theft Auto, like like thirty forty hours straight, like just like in a cat like like, um, hours and hours and hours what the fuck is that uh what's that movie called the 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 with leto the 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 drug one oh requiem for a dream yeah kind of i'm like the old lady in that movie basically i'm not even kidding i'm not even kidding man i'm not even joking it's like it's like oh it is like an you're, a you're really exact good. representation of what, like, what I'm doing when when I'm not working. Basically, it's it's almost the opposite with like when it comes to like medication shit. Where if I don't take my medication as I'm supposed to, then I can't function. You know, um, but like if I'm taking it, I still feel kind of like constantly. Yeah you know, at my wits end. And I think it's been like, it's been weirder and harder during like, during uh, COVID times. Cause like, it's like I f- playing music, you know, gives me like a sense of like purpose almost. And like, if, if like for what it's worth, like, yeah, like, it, you know, it's cool that like anybody listens, but like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like this shit, like just like, makes me feel better but then you hit this fucking wall and like yeah i I can't get out of fucking bed or i'm just like fucking dick deep into like season 1000 of gamora and um you know it's just like like how how does music work for you like as far as like you know like let's like mental illness shit like how do like how does it all fucking play in you i feel like me and you are pretty linear when it comes to this thing. I mean, like we don't, we never really had a lot going on for us. Uh, not, not many options, you know, not, not in like a sad story type of way. It's just like, you know, and I, honestly, when I'm not doing it, I, I know it sounds cliche when I'm not doing it. Like I, I, I struggle for reason to, to move forward. 
It's just the yeah. just the fact of the way that this works for me. Music helps. Um, one of the reasons is just because it's like a it's a direct funnel for yeah, for a way to like you know get things off of our chest and and to like kind of try to make sense of everything. Um, but also for me, it's it's the hustle and everything around it. Like it, it's it's just like more distraction. It's um, you know, it, when I'm when I'm working a record or a demo and a recording, I'm mm. I have my head down and I'm just like moving. Uh, the second I don't have that, I'm I'm looking around and and hating everything around me pretty much. So like, um, and, and that sounds so melodramatic, and and I don't mean it to sound like that. It's just like Same. that's that's yeah. that's an actual fact. Like I, I have. I have some kind of weird thing with me that like, it doesn't, it makes me like a, a, you know, just like I'm not satisfied with anything that's going on ever pretty much. So like difficult to deal with. That's probably a reason why we're, we're on these, these medications. We take this medication at our own prescription dose ourselves like drug addicts still like, Oh, I know what this benzo is going to do if I only eat half of it. Like that's not like what, what we're supposed to be doing, but we, we know how to handle it but to, to get function and we know when to take it to not function. So um, probably not healthy at all. Definitely. Sure. Um, Let me ask both of you guys this. It definitely sounds like you guys are on the same level with a lot of these things. And so Nikki, you may, you, you said something very interesting that um, Berdan bounced off of a little bit about the fact that, um, you know, you're doing a record. A lot of times you'll um, take yourself off those meds. Is that so you can feel certain feelings more, like more deeply and right in a different way? Or how does that work exactly? So for, for, for me, it's there's certain steps that I take um, on purpose and certain ones that just start to happen. Um, I, I've never had any success like writing um, when I'm in a very uh, optimistic mood. Um, meaning, you know, occasionally I'm 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 making myself run, and I'm and I'm not drinking every day, and you know, and and I'm and I'm kind of trying to stop my body from hurting and stuff like that. When I'm typically in those moods, I have a really difficult time writing. So to an extent, like, yeah, like, you know, coming off some of these medications kind of, uh, you know, it brings me closer to, to things that I typically want to keep myself away from be, to, to get through a day. Um, so, you know, it's a dangerous game. Uh, it's a dangerous game to play, but, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've managed to, to learn how to, to... But you feel like you're a better writer when, when you are feeling those feelings. Well, there's, there's two aspects. Like, there's, you know, there's no way that I could ever live my life with... I mean, I could, I could probably live my life without them, but, like, I would... I, I don't think I'd have... I, I'm running out of friends every day, so <laughs> I think without them, I probably would be by myself somewhere. Um, but, you know, if I was taking, like I said, if I was taking fully what they gave me, I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't be able to have this conversation right now. You'd be, you know, it'd be like how you see me at like four thirty in the morning, at like some of the nights that we've been out, where I'm like legs are buckling and drooling all over myself. So basically, like you know, growing up in Philadelphia and you know feeling the way that you've you know felt from like you know early in your life up until now and given like you know the like the therapeutic nature of like playing music and like you know everything that kind of comes with it is there anything other than being a musician that like you've ever wanted to do like 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 did you ever think that like you know you were going to be like i don't know a fucking like podiatrist or some uh, shit man it's 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 crazy you, you know the past decade has been a, has been actually the past like the past 20 years have been have been like kind of confusing uh as far as terms uh, terms of like what are you going to do with yourself kind of thing? Um, you know, w- when I was playing in hardcore bands and, and before I, before I got locked up and stuff, um, you know, we, there was no planning at all of anything that I was going to do there. You know, I had no idea. I had no idea, nor did I have any kind of care what, what, what was to come of future me. Uh, and then I, then when I got locked up, it was like, okay, well, this is it. I guess this is what you're doing. So that was really easy for me. So my early twenties were like, okay, well, you're going to do this and you're going to try to sift, sift your way through this mess. And that's, that's going to be what you're going to do. Um, and when I came home, um, I didn't want to play music anymore. That was, that was not something that I was interested in. Uh, I came home and a lot of my people were all, you know, working in bars and, and they were either working in bars or they were like selling Coke. Uh, you know, so for me, it was like, okay, I need to do what they're doing. So immediately <clears throat> tried to force my way into like the, the bar industry. And, and then obviously like within like six months, I, I, you know, I was moving cocaine around Philadelphia. So and I was on parole too. So like for me at that point, it was like, I'm going to just do this for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's really as far as like my planning ever really went. Uh, it wasn't until like, you know, uh, a move to LA to try to escape what I was doing in Philly before I, you know, got myself a, a parole violation and ended up trying, you know, I had, I had a seven year, I had seven years of parole to do. Um, which in Philly, the, the return rate is like 95%. So it's like one, one out of every 20 people on parole is going back. I had a seven year back. <laughs> I had a, I had a seven year sentence and I did two years. Um, so I had a five year back number, which means, you know, if I get a PV that I'm probably going to serve the, the rest of that five years. So it was like pretty heavy consequences on what like I was doing. And I, I, I don't know, I had some sort of epiphany at some point. I, you know, I can't really recall like an exact moment, but I was like, yeah, like I'm like a year out of this prison sentence, which was like, you know, the worst thing that happened to me for sure. You know, uh, 
and I'm, and I'm, I have like, you know, a couple ounces of cocaine and, and like a, a revolver in my house for no reason. Like it, it, I'm like, what am I doing? This is, I'm going to, I'm going to end up back in jail again. So, you know, I moved to LA for a year to try to just, you know, put myself away from things like is the only way I could figure out how to do it. And I went there and, you know, in less than a year, I, I don't think I've ever been closer to suicide in my life than being in LA. Um, so I came running back to Philadelphia and, and for some reason, when I got back to Philly, it was like, you know, the only thing that made sense to me was to play music again, because I, I guess the answer to your question was like, that's the only thing that ever made sense to me thus far. So, um, besides crime, I, I guess not, you know, it was either, it was crime or music. And I, you know, that sounds, that sounds hella cliche and I'm not trying to be like, sound like a cool guy or anything, but that's, that's, that's what it was. I mean, that, you, you, you know, the people, both of you know the people that I'm around down there. It's like, that's, that's, that's kind of what, what we, what we're just used to doing down there. You know, people transition from that to other things, you know, there's people, people that were doing that with me then that are all real estate guys and stuff like that. You know, I, um, I, I transitioned to music, I guess. Um, and, and, you know, uh, hopefully it's that way. That's the reason why I'm glad that I transitioned to music because I'm also at the back end of that. I'm terrible at crime. I've been, I've been locked up like so many fucking times because I'm obviously not good at it. So <laughs> exactly. I need, to, I need to remember that occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you a real simple question from you then. Where does music come from for you? Well, I, I, I guess I'm a, I know that it came from your family to extent, you know? Um, and where did heavy music come from for you? Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, music uh, really came from family first. Uh, you know, I, I, I've gone through the, the list of, you know, the different different types of sounds that were going on in, in my childhood. Yeah. Lots of Indian yeah, yeah. Um, classic alternatives. Yeah, stuff. my sister's fucking r raging fucking thrash metal head, you know, that, that, that a typical morning for me going to school was like waking up because I shared a room with my brother in a bunk bed, hearing him listening to like, you know, Fang, you know, and, and walking out of my bedroom towards the bathroom sister's room here in fucking obituary playing fucking <laughs> or fucking Testament or something. And the whole house yeah. smelling like Aquanet, uh, you know, <laughs> my, my, my mom's in the kitchen listening to fucking talking heads and you know that I, and then my dad's outside fucking went before he left, you know, listening to fucking Delphonics and shit. So you know, the house was, the house was live and, 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 you know, there was a lot of different types of music going on at all times. So I think I got lucky enough in that regard to just be like, you know, I wasn't around any kind of squares musically, you know, like we, everybody yeah. was really, you know, celebrated music in my, in my family. Uh, and that was probably about the only positive thing that was, <laughs> that, that I could say about it. Um, you know, uh, it was it was a crazy thing. Um, 
and and I just picked up everything. You know, I picked up everything. I had I had like a wide variety of music that I liked as a kid. Um, I don't think it was it was till um, later that I really got into like heavy music, heavy heavy music. Um, I was kind of late to the game with that. Um, you know, th I think the the first heavy band that I liked was you know was probably Slayer to be honest. Uh, yeah, you know my sister again uh but she she was into like faith no more and stuff like that um but i mean if you're a little kid and you're she's blasting obituary and she's like i'm i'm assuming she was like um yeah um you know acid wash jeans you know like high tops that kind of that kind of deal you know docking and shit yes. like that yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'm not necessarily. She, they, they, they kind of got. She skipped the the cordy metal pretty well. Like she, she was around real metalheads. I think for, for for what they could be for like yeah. Northeast Philly, they were in high school kids. They brought me in the, like they would bring me in on like days off, like to the, to Lincoln. You know, I, I'd bring in. She bring me in there when I was like eight years old to Lincoln to the lunchroom, and she was just around all these fucking like metalheads. Like everybody's wearing fucking you know, the t-shirts with the sleeves cut off, you know, like it, it was, it was a, it was a, she was in a pretty cool crew of dudes. It seemed mm -hmm. like back then. Um, but that, that shit didn't really click to me like right away. Like that was like the one thing that like was a little bit later in life. I, I don't think I started listening to a lot of the, the heavier like metal stuff till, till I was like maybe in my late teens, like early twenties, you know, that I actually started divulging into that kind of like when I was on the back end of hardcore almost, um, you know, I, I, I really got sucked into a lot of like street punk when I was an early teen and like oi music and stuff. And I got really sucked into that, that world hung out with a, like a bunch of skinheads and, and punks. Um, all the bad luck 13 guys were like my old heads and they had me out when I was like 13 and 14, like, you know, we, we were, uh, that's, that's who brought me up, yeah. you know, that's why I've, I made probably so many terrible decisions in my life is because they were, they were my, they were basically the ones looking out for me. Um, Legendary band, that band. Yeah. So, so I, I learned a lot, I, I learned a lot about that stuff from them. And um, it, it wasn't until I was like, you know, 16 and I got into the hardcore. And then after a few years of hardcore, it, it kind of transitioned more into like some metal stuff. And then, and then I finally met Fred one day and he showed me that I really don't know anything about music at all. And he, <laughs> yeah, not true at all. Not true at all. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, I, I, and all right. And so I also want to frame this question very importantly, like you guys, you two have known each other. Like I, Nikki and I met each other. I would say like, what eight seven eight years ago eight years ago i mean it's got to be right around 10 i would say somewhere around or close 10. to 10 yeah close i 10. i don't know you were yeah. there pretty much like i we first played new york you you know like you were there i think so yeah i i, I definitely was i think i think nikki uh nikki and i met each other through um uh dom from Pulling Teeth, who had uh, the label A389. And uh, nothing, that was your first label, right? Or second label or something? Um, second label. Big Love, 
uh, Big Love at Japan released our first uh, EP, and then okay, but then Dom released the second, um, and then it was okay. relapsed basically. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how I know um, Nikki. Um, but just for, so the audience knows, I mean, there's been a lot of inference about like you two knowing each other for a long time and both being from Philadelphia. But like, what exactly? Let's talk about that. How long you guys have known each other? You know, it's got to be like. <laughs> I mean, I think we probably met at you know at Kill Time or Stalag. I would imagine, right? Like, was, I was like fifteen at sixteen. Started going to those things. So, um, yeah, a long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was saying I was saying to Fred earlier when like the uh you know when we were talking about having you on and this kind of came up it's like yeah like I think we met somewhere between like ninety five and like ninety eight you know like it yeah it's like you know it's all kind of it's all kind of a a blur like that period of time um but you know like you know what you just said about kind of like where like this like stalic thirteen Kill time, like uh, fucking uh, Lancaster Avenue and West Philadelphia Nexus. There's like, there's a group of people who are like still in touch and still active today who like came, came from like that scene. And I know for me personally, like being around that kind of wound up being like the defining moment, like of my life, you know, like. It's like, you know, that's where, that's where I met everyone that like, you know, that I really cared about. Um, that's where I learned about music, uh, like other than, you know, shit that I saw in the Headbangers Ball, you know? Um, and like, yeah, you were like very much like a part of that. And then Your from Jeff there, period. we like, just like, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, but still relatively like yeah. we're still in this we're we're still in the mushroom cloud. Just like, you know, like that 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 time was like in that that was like similar to like a big bang like for us. I think you know, like we we were confused kids that didn't really fit into where we were. Uh, we we found a, a yeah. we found a, a a place that things were different, and and when when that happened everything changed behind everything, everything from yeah. that point on changed, uh, you know, music, friends, culture, um, it's, it, it altered everything, you know, um, I, 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 I remember that those, those days better than I can remember, like my late twenties and early twenties, uh, you know, they, they were so, they were so cool. important. Uh, yeah. Those those L rides from from Bridge and Pratt to you know to Fortieth Street you know like I I remember going to see Blank Seventy Seven and fucking Subhumans and this sucks this sucks playing there like every show oh, yeah. no matter what what band was playing this sucks was opening like uh yeah th those were crazy times man I mean and, and that for me that that, that that's yeah. where I. You know, I went from hanging out with these old head dudes to like finding some dudes that were around my age that were in the hardcore. And, and I kind of started to, 
you know, hone in on hardcore a little bit more than I ever had. And, and then again, it's just another altered alteration. Um, it's like, you know, not to fucking name drop too hard here, but like, you know, when, whenever lamb of God comes up in conversation, you know, like I, like, I can't help but like think about burn the priest and burn the priest were like, they were like the fucking style of like house band, you know? And that gives like, kind of like no matter what they do, there's going to be this like kind of connection and respect and like, yeah, like there's like something very like almost like family feeling towards lamb of God for absolutely having been a part of that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. The first, the first time I ever really talked about that with, with Randy, it like, it, he like, it like blew his mind. Yeah. He was like, how the fuck were you there? And I was like, I was like, I was a kid. He was like, yeah, but how young were you like five? I was like, I was like, man, I'm 38 years old, man. He was like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, all right. I was like, well, thanks, Randy. But like, yeah, man, I'm all head too, bro. Like, he's like, shit. I was like, I hope that didn't ruin the fact that he liked the nothing records. So I was like, I'm, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm old. Like, but um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's crazy thinking about that. Uh, we, we, you know, it's just such a small world, I, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, I still find out like bands now of people that were like in bands then. And I'm like, really? Like, fuck, I, I seen you play like 99, 98. It, it's, it's always so weird how, how small this, this world is really. But All the time. Yeah. You know, it's like not fucking like, you know, um, throw this around, but like, yeah, there's, there's this idea of like lifer, you know, um, where just like, yeah from moment one, you know that like one of three things are going to happen. Like you're going to fucking die like super young. You're going to fucking wind up fucking like, you know, locked up or like somehow fucking worse. Um, or like you're going to like, you know, kind of just get by. And like, even if you're not like playing music, even if you're not like in bands, like that, like, that nexus uh, is just your identity. It's going to be a part of you, you know? And it's like, you know, I, I've got nothing but respect for like the people who have kind of come out of like our scene or come out of like the CB scene or ABC No Rio or fucking Gilman or whatever, who wound up being like, yeah, you know, fucking doctors, lawyers, fucking uh, real estate agents, whatever. Um, you know, um, that doesn't mean that that like that that doesn't take away from their involvement. And like a lot of these motherfuckers right. are still like in love with metal and with hardcore and buying records and fucking supporting us whenever we do anything. You know, um, it's like you don't just have to fucking play in a band to like be a part of a scene, like way into your thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. You just got to love this shit and like stay connected. 
Yeah, man. It's, it's always a little bit of reassurance. It always gives me a little bit of reassurance when like I, I'm able to speak to somebody like that, that's um, been around and still, still around. And, you know, it, it, I get so burnt out on, on music and, and the people in music that like, it, it feels fucking good to like, you know, get a pat on the back from a real one every once in a while. It always, it always is something that like for me is, has helped me keep moving along down the line. Uh, you know, yep. so I, I try to do the same thing nowadays, like with like young, mm-hmm. with, you know, the youngins and stuff like that. Like just, you know, it means a lot, man. Like it, you, you hear so many things and so many ill advised, I mean like ill, ill opinions of things and like uh, just bad takes. It's stuff like that, that like really just helps me keep doing this, you know? Definitely. Who do you think are some, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Who do you think are some guys that you look to when it comes to like, you know, when you need that little kick in the ass to like, keep on, keep on keeping on, you know what I'm saying? Like, who who are some of those guys? You know, oh, man. There, there's there's a few. I mean, Randy's always been a guy that like me and Randy started talking. Um, he emailed you know relapse and and I guess the story was circulating about like what I what you know where I came from and what I what I was going through and stuff. And he felt a connection to the to guilty of everything. And, and he wrote me a really nice long email, like about like some of the stuff that he struggles with, like post post his, his all problems and stuff. And we, we really made like a really cool connection. Um, and, and we talk all the time and I, I lean on him whenever I'm in like a, you know, a rough place. And he's always been there. Uh, Damon from Swirlies is another guy that's like, you know, not only is he like a hero to me musically, like he's like a homie, you know, mm-hmm. like he, he checks, checks in on me. I check in on him and like, uh, that's, that's, that's shit's just always been really important to me. It's like keeping those kind of relationships, you know, that, yeah. uh, so much phoning bullshit in this music scene, it's, you know, and, I find myself like guilty of it too. Sometimes, you know, like by, by accident, you know, there's just like a lot of like backdoor nonsense and like things that you feel like you need to do and you need to, 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 to like progress. And every once in a while I have to like check myself and just be like, yo, this is not the way you like, you didn't get into this music and you didn't get into this life because you want to follow some set of rules, you know, like, and, um, it's 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 tough to walk that tightrope but like i you know as as i get more comfortable being mm-hmm. here you know this is still fairly new to me you know like yeah being, being in a place where you know you have like a, a a platform and and you know you have responsibilities as for what you're doing mm-hmm. um yeah i have to remind myself to to you know not go too far but you know not go too far the other way either you know like just like not it's tough i know i'm kind of speaking in code here but like no no it's, uh, i think yeah no it, it, i think i think it makes a lot of sense there's a lot of people who you know it's easy to fall into the 
machine, you know? Exactly. Um, And the more you fall into the machine, the more your personality goes with it, you know? Absolutely. I could have never, I, I couldn't say it any better than that. Like that's, that's precisely the thing. It's happened to me like five times in the course of 10 years with nothing, you know, like where I like go back and read something that I, that I kind of was like pr- pride, like something that somebody pried out of me. And, and, and in a panic, I said like things, I said all the wrong things, the things that I didn't want to say that aren't even true or, 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 you know, I don't know what, like, you know, out of just pure confusion or like, what's the right thing to say here? Like that, that's happened to me so many times in the course of this thing. And it's mostly because I'm like, you know, I, I want to survive and I want to keep doing what I'm doing. And, and it, you know, I, I can't stress enough, like how hard, how, how important it is to just like shrug that shit off and, and to like, you know, just tr- try to be honest, yeah. you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I felt like has happened to me in these past two years is that like that I've like finally am starting to see s- some sort of clarity and, and, and I'm and I'm trying to be more honest with myself, you know, like mm. being able to look in the mirror at yourself and, you know, not hate what you're seeing is 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 something that I'm not used to. But like, I, I feel like I'm getting there now and, and and a big deal of that is just to like stop playing the game and to to you know just, just fucking be honest with yourself like if you're not honest with yourself like what 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 is really happening you know like with especially the way that we the three of us think too mm-hmm. you know like if you're not being honest what what are yeah. you even yeah. doing you know like, what, what is the point of doing anything yeah. you know like jump go leap right off your balcony you know what I mean? So, absolutely. I and like I, I think a thing with you is, and like you know a thing with like most artists that I respect is like you like it's that kind of introspection where like you know what we're doing right now we're talking about like a lot of shit that I think a lot of people wouldn't want to talk about, especially on a fucking podcast, you know, but. By talking about it, by looking at looking at it, by writing about it, by putting it in your art, like there's a there's a degree of exorcism that comes with it, and like it's only kind of through that that you're not just holding on to this bullshit that'll fucking kill yeah. you, you know. Like that's the thing is like you know I think for someone like you not to fucking you know psychoanalyze you or whatever, but like it's like. You know, you do this and it is a fucking, it's a communication tool with the rest of the world, but it's also something that'll fucking keep you alive, you know? Um, And like, you know, I believe in you. I believe in your work and, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Thanks. Like I, 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 I can't, I can't stress it enough, man. Like it, we, I got, we, 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 when we started, you know, gaining a little bit of traction and people were noticing this band, like how easy it is to like get s- s- set, slipped up and set to a different path because like, yeah. one, like I always, like one thing I always say constantly, and it's not even on purpose. I'm like, damn, man, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, we're in Southeast Asia playing like a club. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm not supposed to be here, you know? And 
like I, it wasn't until I realized what I was saying that like I, I started to realize what my problem was, was that I just don't ever feel like I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm an infiltrator. No. Like I'm, I'm faking the funk to, to be where I am. And that's a fucking problem because, and that's, 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 that's not an internal thing completely. Like that's pressure from like what, what's expected of you in this industry. And, and that shit, has made me do things that I normally wouldn't do because I was worried I was doing the wrong thing. And I don't want this, you know, I didn't want this to go away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I finally found something where I, I, I could, you know, I could, it made my day-to-day life manageable because I was, uh, you know, using it as almost like a therapy to get through the day. Yeah. And then, you know, you get put in this position, you're like, you know, if, if I say this or if I do this this way, this could all be gone. And then where am I at? And, and, and that's fucked up because, you know, I, I have followed the, the path of that on, on several occasions. And it's, it's embarrassing to even think of some of the stuff that I've done and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, every day is a day to, to, to knock it off. So like, you know, here I am 10 years into this band and, and, it, you know, it's, it's comforting at least, kind of be able to say that I can see that now at least, you know, and, and, and be proactive. But most of the time I just wind up just not saying anything at all these days. So. Yeah. yeah. Safe, safest way. What's going on with death of lovers? Um, well, I have a couple demos of the, um, you know, it's like I said, I, I I've been trying to peel myself, uh, Feel myself off the floor, um, but you know we have a we have a little bit of a setup. We have a plan. Um, we we I really want to do an EP with that. Uh, you know, at least record it this year. Um, Deus is you know consistently uh, hitting me up and kind of yo, what's up? Yo, what's up? You know? All right. <laughs> consistently consistent and you know uh i i really enjoy that project but you know another thing that comes with that is just that you know i really feel like i have my hand back on the on the wheel completely um with with nothing and uh i I was really intimidated of the idea of that being like that again because where i was in the beginning of it that it started out like that and um you know having some support from different people through the years is kind of i i kind of became reliant on that um and it was tough to get through this last record having it all on my shoulders but um i mean you remember how i was leaning into to this record and where i was personally um with everything uh really close to just you know not doing it and you know some shit happened i got it done and 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 i'm and i couldn't be more happy with you know uh, uh, something that that i've uh, done with with the great dismal so it, it it feels it feels right um there so and and that was kind of how i felt with doing that death of lovers lp i kind of i kind of felt like in control and 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 knowing exactly what i wanted to be done and how to execute it so now the two things are kind of like 
feel like they're running on the same track almost. So I, you know, that's my problem now with that. It's just like, where do we, where do I find the line between the two? Um, you know, for me, Bernie Sanders on the, on the record, like could have easily been a death of lovers track to me. Like, yeah, definitely. You know, so like, I don't know if, if I'm, Mixing, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if, if, if I should be just doing one of them and, and, and just trying to meet them in the middle a little bit because I'm, I'm definitely moving forward with nothing. I, I have a lot of ideas and, that are going to kind of probably rub people the wrong way with. So um, I figure four records in, I can start to like bum people out about what I'm doing now. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're trying to break it. Goth trap record. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think you bring up a really good point. Um, um, I think um, you know when I was first talking, uh, Bernan, when I was first talking with Nikki about like the new, you know, what would be the great mm-hmm. dismal. Uh, the first thing that came out of his mouth was, um, "I'm not going to do this record. There's no way I'm going to do it." And then. You know, there might be a span of like three weeks or something. You know, be like, "Hey, Fred, I wrote like nine yeah. demos." You know, <laughs> and I, I remember that specifically. And I, I, I wonder how much of that is attributed to, you know, like, um, you know, obviously it got inspired very quickly, and I think, you know, some of that might have to do with uh, working with working with Doyle. Yeah, I mean, uh. I, I I really want to be able to have time to sit with Doyle and to like, you know, build the way mm-hmm. that like I've built with like Brandon in the past. Uh, you know, yeah. he's obviously a brilliant fucking dude. Um, his, his, what he does accents what I do really well. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, yeah. This record, you know, the 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 main the main point the the main the main thing that was that I got from this band on this thing that was more important than anything was just was the the pure support of the, of those guys. Um, I was up and down on whether I wanted to do this at all. The the whole entire process, like it, I was a, a nightmare to be around, and I those those dudes were just constantly listening to what I was sending and constantly like reassuring me that I was doing something that needed to be done and to, to not stop. Um, and that was invaluable. Um, and, um, I, that, that honestly is, it's convinced me at this point that like, you know, I want to do more, which is great. Um, but I also want this to be a band again. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to try that, you know, to be in a band again. Um, but yeah. Um, I think two, not this last record cycle, but, um, you know, the dance on the blacktop record cycle, um, part of the release was you did that, uh, you did the gig with Jesus peace and you came back out with horror show. Um, um, and I remember talking to you then. You're like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm this is. I'm actually done. 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 Is that real or what? What with horror show? 
Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I can't move around like that anymore, man. I, 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 that's like, honestly, the scariest part about horror show to me is, is like the expectations of like playing shit live. There's also just like this constant shadow from like, you know, that time and, and who was in the band yeah. and, and whether I'm, you know, let, if I should, you know, people, the, the people I wrote that the, those songs with are dead, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do I, do I let that die with them, you know, and just carry the, you know, yeah. I, I don't mind doing these live shows every once in a while, like I've done. Cause I don't feel like that's trespassing too much, but like a new record or a new EP is, you know, constantly on my mind. Uh, and, but you know, there's the two things that bother me most about it is like, what's, what's how, you know, how sacred is this? And, and, and am I disrespecting like that sacredness? And then the other thing is, you know, I, I get kind of bummed out when I see like all these people like cat trying to cash back in on like old stuff like that. Horror show was never a big band. So I don't think it would be like a big cash in thing, you know, like some of these other reunion mm -hmm. bands yeah, that have done. So. But, yeah. um, that, that kind of bothers me in a, in a sense too. But like, you know, I've had talks with like, uh, Mike from squirm about like, like writing something. Cause like, if I, if I did do something, I, I would want it to be like really gnarly. And, yeah. and, and I also yeah. don't know if I want to drift too far away from what horror show was with it. So I, I, I have no idea, but, um, it's definitely not on my, my dry erase board or anything like that. So this is why, this okay. is why you need to do yeah. a victory strike set some of these days. <laughs> yeah. You gotta get Palmer. <laughs> Palmer ain't having that. Nope. No, I don't think so. We'll see. Maybe. Um, we, we, you know, the, the one, we all, all victory strike wanted to do is sound like one life crew. So like, you know, that's probably not a, 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 a popular sound even. And I don't even know what the fuck is going on in hardcore anymore. You guys, I like that mill spec record. Yeah. There's a that you know there's, there's a bunch of it that I like you know I dig that portrayal of guilt band yeah, a yeah. lot you know um, and like you know fucking screamo's a you know a fucking curse word of course uh, but you know I'd be lying to say that like you know in like the fucking like Jenny Piccolo time like that that wasn't my shit and so like yeah. you know it's cool to hear people fucking you know doing doing kind of like that vein of like i don't know fucking emotional beat down yeah, garbage like so again not shit, man like yeah i ha i have no idea like you know i'm still like when i look for hardcore i'm still like stuck in that same lane that i was like i, I loved like the, mm -hmm. the sound of like some of the youth crew stuff and and, and, and you know totally there's, there's some young young bands that i like that band my, my homie's band move Real, real cool band. Um, fucking, I like that bugging EP. Uh, that's that. that oh, yeah, yeah. It was sick. Portrayal was cool mm -hmm. to hear. Um, RJC, this is pretty cool. It has some songs. There's, there's good shit. I'm just like, I yeah. feel, I feel so confused. 
by everything. So I'm just lost yeah. as always. And I'm fucking mad. I mean, that's kind of where the, that's kind of where the good shit comes though. It's like, you know, those people who are in their own world and do their yeah. own thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I like that big cheese record. That good I like too. that. Yeah. Yeah, that record rips, and then you know, like Wild Side. That's also in their, they're in their own world yeah. too. Yeah, I, you know? yeah that, that's that's the kind of music. That's the kind of hardcore I always like. So I, I don't really listen yeah. to hardcore though. I, I I hadn't listened to hardcore when I was playing in a hardcore band. So like, and that's just because yeah. I'm never in that kind of mood to listen to anything. You know what the fuck? I I have to come to you to ask you about everything at, at all times. I'll be like, Fred, what do I need to listen to? That's it. I don't, the, the second that I look at like fucking Brooklyn Vegan or any of those things, I just get sad. So I, I, I'd rather just ask you, you know, like, yeah. uh, it's just, it's easier for me to navigate through you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we appreciate you coming on, coming on the show, you know, and uh, I don't know. We definitely, we definitely want to try to have you back as much as possible. And at some point, at some point, um, I think this show is going to be, uh, you know, we're going to take advantage of the fact that um, guys like you are local. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm down anytime you guys want to have me on. Just let, just say the Man. word. Yeah. Yo, man, thank you. This was like, this was a real joy. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I don't, I just feel like we're hanging out right now. So it's tight. I, I, it's fucking, I would love to hit people with the triple team too. You know, like you get some funny people and we'll fucking have a good time, man. Any, any, oh, any time. Definitely. Like, It'll be the best. Don't even, don't even think twice about hitting me up. I, I'm down. That's it for Gimme Metal this week. Stay tuned for next week's episode, available on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.